What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Hey. And to my left, Zachary Parks. What's happening? If you have, per normal, if you have any questions or comments that you want to give to the episode, this is my third attempt at trying this, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sticking with it this time. Just I don't just, care. Just do it. Just, do it. just, just through powering it. through Why don't you just record one and then just hit a button so it just always <laughs> but comes through? But then it doesn't through. sound as authentic, you People know? People would know that his People tone would has never that changed. People like yeah. It's like cat paws and tiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you know, like so screw it. I'm just going with it. Barreling through. Mistakes and all. People know. People know. This Team is chat podcast at gmail.com. Right Team chat yeah. podcast at gmail.com. You can send us an email there or follow us on Twitter and send us a tweet at Team Chat Podcast. Boom. Boom. That's all people Done. need to That's know. That's all really. we need to know about. That's all they need to know. Yeah. They know how to get a hold of us now. Yeah. We talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And we use that information. We do. And we've we been reading them out loud yeah. because we've been starting to get a lot of comments we and have. emails and stuff, and we've been reading them on the show. It's been a lot of great fun. Unfortunately, for this episode, we don't have any new emails, so we can't read any. We don't. But still, you've got the last episode, we had some good ones. We yeah. did have some good ones. But, you know, we need more. Feed us with your comments. We need it so that we feel important. We did a whole episode based off an email. We, we did. And we might do it for yours, too. Yeah. We'll take your ideas and use them and call them our own. Yeah. <laughs> So no credit. It's to like you the Doritos whatsoever. commercials. I like that level of honesty. That's good. <laughs> Just, I mean, just be upfront and honest about it right off the bat, and everything. No, goes we give credit where credit is due. We do. We do. We absolutely do. We absolutely do. Because Zach and I, we're in creative fields. We understand what yeah, it's oh, like. Good lord. We understand what it's like to have <laughs> yeah, your work taken from it's you. Miserable. Getting no credit whatsoever. <laughs> but anyway, today in this new episode of Team Chat Podcast, we wanted to talk about not necessarily really a list per se, but we wanted to have an open discussion about what makes a game visually impressive or games that stand out in our minds as being very beautiful, visually stunning, just, you know, those ones that stick in your head and what, and what makes that, you know, what makes it so is it, you know, Ooh, that it has great weather patterns, the night and day cycles. Excellent. Or, you know, because there are a lot of eight bit games that are very beautiful, uh, beautifully done and beautifully rendered and all that. So it's just really, what are some cool artistic, you know, games that stand out our heads of being very visually impressive. And yes, yeah, so we are doing more of a open conversation. Yeah, I think a so. Free for all. Because, you know, we've talked, we're talking since now, especially that the show has gone weekly, and we're still trying to figure out necessarily the best format to continually deliver a weekly show. Mm-hmm. And we realize that mm-hmm. if we say nine games an episode, it you know, goes, three each, it, it, like, it we, lasts a while. It, it, it does. It can last a while. And, you know, right. and sometimes we just want to talk more about a topic mm-hmm. rather necessarily than having to break it down into a list. Into a list. And that, I don't like being stifled. Yeah, I don't like yeah, being put like in a box. Creative, yeah. creative free Absolutely. Range. That yeah. being said, really I did make flow. a list for this. <laughs> a <laughs> very <have> structured <laughs> list. <laughs> I have a couple that I want to touch on. Yes, so. See, me too. I feel me like too. for art, though, like how do you rank it? So I feel like the question. open conversation format much better fits the topic because, I mean, it's yeah. all subjective. Good yeah. point. How Good do you point. number yeah. what what is 100% influenced by your personal perception of something? Mm-hmm. Right, because I mean there is a game that could stick out into my head as being, oh, that is the by far the most beautiful game, one of the most beautiful games I've played. But then there are also but like the ones that come to mind because I play the most are like the open world RPG games that I play. And in, but to a certain extent, yes, as time goes on and graphics get better, they're all going to get better. They're all going to get more beautiful. But like, you know, so like like I've been playing Far Cry Primal a lot. I've noticed the the night and day cycle in that game is very impressive. And like when it becomes dawn and everything, and like the the way the sunlight filters through the trees and the forest and stuff oh, as you're walking away, nice. as you're walking around in it, it's very beautiful and it's very well done. And it's but for a brief brief moment, 
is it really dawn? You know, with mm-hmm. air quotes, right. like mm-hmm. because obviously the time can't be real, and you know, have like mm-hmm. th- an hour of dawn. It's like a couple minutes at Wouldn't most, that be but great still, though? that that like couple minutes that would be kind of nice. That would. Yeah. That couple minutes is very beautiful. Right. Now you're talking, I feel like you're touching on games that are like obviously or just very classically good looking. Like, you know, I'm, like right. a game that came to my head was Skyrim or, oh, yeah. or like Metal Gear Solid I just played. It's like obviously these are good looking games with good graphics and good weather patterns mm-hmm. and good lighting effects, all that stuff. Right. You know, which is something I do love. But then there's the other side, which I think games are doing you see more and more of these sort of games and like comes to my, some that come to my head is like limbo and journey and more independent games that don't necessarily have quote unquote uh realistic graphics right they have a whole artistic style that they developed and their right. entire departure from realism yeah. is a big part of what makes them so memorable and so stunning right right, right. definitely so like a big one um a big one that comes to mind of like a bigger a bigger rpg game that really did set its own style in my head is borderlands i know i've talked about it a little bit more oh, recently yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it has a very strong uh cartoon comic book almost feel to it with the very thick black lines mm-hmm. that make the outlines and all that stuff, which really makes whenever people like, I don't know if you've ever looked at it, but like, or seen pictures of people cosplaying as Borderlands oh, characters. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. Amazing. It's impressive. It's like, how did they even manage it? Yeah, because they're able to mimic the source that. material. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Yeah, but Borderlands is a big one that sticks out because it's, you know, it... Like it almost was a t- uh, was a, a, at one point when I first when I think when I first thought about starting to play Borderlands it was almost a turnoff because I was like no it's not because up to that point I've been playing like uh, one of the, I think one of the big RPGs I, or games I'd finished before that was like Red Dead Redemption which, which is beautiful oh, and it's super realistic and super realistic and then I'm just like I don't know if I like that art style right but then once I got into the game oh my god it matched perfectly mm-hmm. and and I did see they came out. Um, it's it's online. You can find it. That they originally it was not supposed to look that way. Really, it was supposed to look like Uber an ultra realistic yeah. game. And they are e- even a teaser trailer for it that with those renderings, interesting and and stuff. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. Um, but and it like you know it was setting it up. It was supposed to be a lot more serious, also not near as lighthearted as lighthearted as Borderlands can be. But <laughs> you've, you've mentioned it before. It sounds like there's some funny moments. There are there are a lot of funny moments, a lot of funny weird, uh, quirky characters. But the biggest impression that leaves you is you're in a world filled with violence and death. And, it's <laughs> and just see, like, in know. that same line, I feel like the over the top feeling that Borderlands is going for wouldn't really be well served by a more realistic artistic style. I feel like the more graphic departure from realism actually suits the t- overall tone of the game much better. Oh, definitely. That's definitely. a great point. It's like, I wonder how much when a developer goes into this or an artistic director goes into a video game, how much influence is being brought in by either the story, the content, or the how you play the game. I wonder how much artistic direction is, is influenced by that. That's you know, fan- what's the back and forth like? I don't know. That's a fantastic segue into something that I've been wanting to talk about since episode one, but I forgot <laughs> to mention it. Hit us. After so, 12 episodes? Yeah, yeah, after, and, I, and I've been thinking about it for as long There's as something we've been I doing say, this. I'm like, I'm going to say it. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure... Obviously, the number one game that came to mind when I was thinking visually stunning, Okami. Duh. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's You've number about one in my mind forever. But something that I forgot to mention that I had it on my list, I had written it down, is that if you actually go back and look at the development stage from the game, one of the key things that started it all was just an art designer, a game designer, 
basically made just like a little demo of just a wolf running and flowers were springing up in her wake. Hmm. And that image, that that image is what spawned the whole game. So like from there, they kind of tried out different things, tried to figure out how the game was going to work. It wound up being really boring. They were like, we've got to try something else. But that idea that the image itself is what what led Mm -hmm. to the entire game being what it is, Art leading the game as a whole is a really interesting concept to me. Like I was like, that's awesome. No wonder it turned out so amazing because the art was the inception of the entire game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that is a big, a big point and a good point that you brought up, Zach, with with like how much is that influenced by the story and all that? I'm sure it varies from game to game. It absolutely has to because, like, say, say for example, another favorite game of mine, Last of Us. Mm -hmm. Last of Us would not have worked if it looked like Borderlands. Right. Well, that yeah, that was going for almost like a cinematic. Like as real as possible, you right? Know, I, I mean, I've only seen clips, but like even the camera movements look like something out of a direct, like you know, a TV show, like right, like The Last of Us, or, or not The Last of Us, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead, right? Yeah, it's it, because that game to for it to be as effective emotionally mm-hmm. and story, it has to be. You have to be t- put in and thinking like, oh, this could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and all that, and and this could be real. I can, you know, I can feel for Joel and Ellie because oh, this seems like a totally plausible thing that could happen. Which scarily, I don't know if I've actually if I've mentioned this but and talked about it before. It, they drew the inspiration for the the virus that that takes over, you know, and, and causes the sickness and all that stuff from an actual real life thing. Oh really? The it's, so um, they're really grounding it in. Is it meningitis? And no, it's like <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a it's a fungus that meningitis will the spores will get planted in ants. Oh, we did we talk about this? We might have like talked person? about it. Yeah, we might have we, like off podcast. Off podcast. I've heard of this it. though. But yeah, but basically, it's this fungus, and it grows. <clears> it will its spores will plant itself in an ant, and will eventually grow in the ants. And they can in like the ant's body control and, and control it. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god, no! And so that, that's a real thing, Logan. You know what's actually Life really interesting about that? There's just this optional boss from Pikmin One that is a mushroom, and when it releases its spores, it does exactly that. It takes over your Pikmin. Oh, really? Oh. That's probably where they got it from. Probably. How about them? Maybe out? So. But they talk about it in the in the making of documentary for Last of Us. They're like, yeah, no, this is where we got the inspiration from. Which, granted, it's a fungus affecting an ant, but it's just still like. Holy shit! That's a plausible thing in the natural world. Like, could it go to humans? Who knows? You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, but if it did, but here's still, what would happen. Oh you know, let's it, see what would happen. It made it even that much more believable. Now, granted, that's a total tangent off of the art direction, but necessarily, but, or the the artistic value of, of the Last of Us. But still, it's but but then again, it's not because that's what happens yeah, with the, with the with the with the zombies. In this one, they're called like clickers or infected and all that stuff because people will be infected by it. And eventually, like the fungus will grow out of like the person. And so, yeah. if you look at the concept art for The Last of Us and stuff like that, and then you'll see just these beautiful compositions they have of like a truly horrific event happening, like a, a fungus literally growing out of someone's skull. <sighs> but still, it's just like how they're able to take that idea of a of a fungus that takes over an ant's mind and be like, "What if?" Mm-hmm. And this led to this then ultra realistic uh, post apocalyptic story. Would that really, you know, planted you in this world where basically in all sense, in all senses, plants had taken over as, you know, as like mm-hmm. weird as that sounds, because, you know, uh, cities had decayed and plants are starting to grow up into buildings and like cover old skyscrapers and things like that. So 
people are literally killed and being reanimated by a plant. So uh, M. Night no. Shyamalan was right. Yes. Yes, yeah. the happening. Yeah, the happening. that's right. Yeah. It's happened. <laughs> he was right. He's laughing at us. <laughs> so you are arguing that essentially if that game did not look as realistic as possible, you think it would have lost some value? Do you think? Oh, yes. For yeah, sure? for sure it would. Because the, the uh, Borderlands is almost comes across as a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. In, in how it is. And so, yeah, they even made like some comic books and everything to give some backstory for The Last of Us. But still, if The Last of Us had looked like that, it would not have been near as... Because you wouldn't have believed it. Because you exactly. Because have... you wouldn't... You'd be like, oh, I'm looking at a story. I'm right. reading a story. I'm but from playing everything a video how, game. Exactly. I'm, yeah. <clears throat> but from everything of how The Last of Us was made, you're meant to feel just like... You're meant to start the game, load up the game, begin playing and every time you load up from a from a save you know and stop and, and restart the game later on you are immediately supposed to be in it and never leave until you dis- mm-hmm. quit there's never a black loading screen it always seamlessly cuts from you playing to a cinematic mm-hmm. and so no if if that would just be one thing to take you out of it if you're just like i'm watching a comic book movie right <laughs> right 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 you know That's interesting. Now, okay, on the flip side of this coin, and I already mentioned this, like just like five minutes ago, is Limbo. Now, have you guys played Limbo? I have not. Or a game like like Limbo? Have you seen images for it? I've seen it. Yeah, and I yeah, I've watched somebody play it. You've seen okay. So to me, a game like that that has departed from an uber realistic artistic standpoint, graphic wise, is can be dangerous if done incorrectly but a game like limbo for me the whole time i'm playing it because of the way it is and people don't know how it is it's, it's black and white and it's a 2d side scroll and basically you are just a silhouette of a boy <laughs> walking through now you hit the physics are great because it's not like mario it's like you can barely jump it seems like the physics are as realistic as they could be for this kind of game and to me i always got the impression that this game was an impression of what's happening to the kid. It was a reflection of his inner psyche in a way. Yeah. So in that sense, this artistic direction was attempting to become impressionistic of what was happening happening to him on like a psychic level or a, you know. So does so does Limbo just because out of my ignorance does limbo is limbo like supposed to be like this boy is in a is in a dream state or well, you don't know like in his, okay it just know. starts it just starts. that's okay. and that's the point that's and what he's I'm like trying. in caves and stuff what like i'm that? trying yeah well it starts off in a forest it goes to the machine world and there might be there's like another type of world he does but it goes essentially from like a forest to this kind of machine type world right. and that's what i'm trying to argue you don't know and oh, okay I, I you could probably compare this similarly to maybe a game like journey where you're a little bit confused as what's going on and what your goal is Oh, you know, Journey, I think, is a lot more open-ended, but Limbo, you you, you go right, and you, you have to solve these puzzles, yeah. but you don't know why. You don't know what you're going towards. Right. And I would argue that a game like this, it's everything is in the artistic development of it, or the way it looks, and how it sounds, and how it feels, because without that, you wouldn't have any kind of, anything to grab, you know, grab a hold of, right. essentially. And by placing you in this kind of, you know, it's not realistic, but because it's like it's like a painting. 
you know, and it's because it's it's developing its own style and trying to make it reflective of what's happening. Yeah, I and think I was it's, about it's, to say, even though it's black and white, like I don't want people who have never seen it to get the wrong impression. It still manages an impressive amount of detail. Yeah, it, the graphics I would argue are great. There's, yeah, a, there's a great depth of field with mm-hmm. how it, how it looks. We're looking at pictures of it right mm-hmm. now, but like with like the very heavy shadows, but like yeah. the perfect it's amounts of light of in the right areas, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. That's not just something you, they just threw together. It's, and it's obviously very and it's a oh dark God. game. You yeah, know, as like, we come across a picture of a kid looking at a kid at a woman hanging from a noose. Yes, it's dark. It's dark. And what I and so. I mean, this is a huge conversation that we can really break this up into, but I love the idea that even though, quote-unquote, these aren't considered probably good graphics by people that are used to realistic oh, games. Oh, I would strongly right. disagree Well, I know. Statement. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I get that. what you're saying. Right, I'm, I'm right, saying right. that it's, 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 um, tick, it's going in a different direction, in you know? And right. I think it does it just, you get, I have a huge emotional connection to Limbo, and it all lies in, me remembering the images from it, you and know, that's just the stills for something to have, you know, from an objective standpoint, really no detail in the mm-hmm. foreground. You can probably get a lot yeah. out of that. Just it's if you've amazing. never played that game, yeah. just by looking at that, you can probably get a fair amount. It's like, out oh, of I mean, I would buy these if they were paintings, right? And I yeah. would be like, oh man, I'm having so many confusing emotions, right? Because it's dark, you know, exactly. but it's but it's it, but it's alluring. And so that's just like that's. I'm just thinking like that was on my list. It was a game I wanted to talk about because I know it was going to be a departure from the quote unquote classic style of these graphics are good. These graphics are because that's what happened. I feel like for a long time is at least for me in my playing right, like the graphics were getting bit yeah. better and better. Right. And as that happened, games I felt like felt the need to utilize that in the best possible way to right. show off. Essentially, right. look how good our game looks. Look how realistic it looks. You know, right? And, and I, now we're hitting like a plateau in a lot pe- of ways. Yeah. I mean, at least from what I've been seeing. Well, and it, it's funny. Yeah, to that point, now it's 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 almost like because everyone went through that huge push of things have to look, yeah, things have to look great. Like you, there, there will probably now, and this might be a bold claim, but no one is gonna look at say The Witcher Three or like um, ten years from now and be like, "That's a bad looking game." Yeah, yeah. Like, how mm. could you? Unless, right? You I, know, I agree. I agree. Unless I'm missing, like, unless like we're missing <laughs> some huge leap ahead. Right? Yeah, how could? But you? But then think about how we look back at games from like the early two thousands, late nineties. Yeah, they look, you know, a lot of them look bad. Yeah, but which makes it, and I've touched on this a little bit, it makes it very hard to want to go back and like catch up on classics because because of that. Mm-hmm. But now, and that just, you know, but like once you get into it and you get into the story into like gameplay, it's like it's easy to semi overlook that and get in, get back into the game. But um, some of the best games have stood the test of time, though. Oh, about, definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, plenty of N64 games, like we've talked about. Yeah, Mario. yeah those still, like, <laughs> because good. they, again, to back to that point, they have their own artistic world that they've created. Right. It's their style. And right. they made, you know, it's colorful, it's cartoony, and that wasn't, they're not going for the ultra-realistic. I was about to say, I would argue that a game graphically has more staying power if it chooses not to be realistic because a well-defined artistic style, mm-hmm. just a style, mm-hmm. any style, mm-hmm. like Limbo, like Journey, because it is such a departure from the real world, you don't really have anything to compare it to right. in real right. life. So you go back and play the game and go, yes, it is still just as awesome. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're looking back, you know, from even just five years ago to games that were trying to push the limits of how much like real life can we get it to mm-hmm. be? And the technology and just wasn't go, there. Oh, right. And it's, well, it's honorable... It, 
even as an honorable as that was, because I do have vivid memories of playing these games and thinking they looked great. Exactly. When I, you know, I was yeah, like, man, this, and I'm like, like, it's never going to get better than this. You know, I was like, this is it. <laughs> right. Like, I always kept feeling that. So that's why I'm hesitant to be like, maybe we're hitting a bar, but uh, I don't know how much better can get. I mean, Fours is another game I was going to talk about. I mean, about. The, uh, oh, yeah. You know, those, those games, games are beautiful. beautiful. They're and like, like you, ultra realistic. Ultra Say realistic. One more time? Forza Motorsport, it's a racing oh, game. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. For, I thought you said Force. Force, like, no, brute never force. Mind. That's a good game. But uh, but no. So like, what thing that came up when you said that you know we've kind of hit this plateau is that it's interesting because now yes, the AAA games are all hitting like this ultra realistic um, and things like that, which has brought about as a result of that because the average Joe who wants to develop a game doesn't have the those resources to be able to create a game to that level. So we've the seen such a huge resurgence now of. 8-bit, 16-bit right. graphic yeah. games. Which is awesome. Side-scrollers and, they and all that And they look great. You know, and they, yeah. they look not great. just Mario. They're they have like, great gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the last episode, all three of mine that I talked about in the in the, in the the difficult games were all independent 2D side-scrollers. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, they're coming back in a really big way because people are realizing that, oh, wait a minute. Just because they're an 8-bit game, that doesn't mean they have crappy gameplay and just because like, they're they have, fun and on the verse, reverse side just because they're good graphics doesn't mean they have great exactly. gameplay I've played you know plenty of right. games that sucked yeah that had because no they focus so much on the great on the, right. on the exactly. graphics now and can you think of any that come to your head because now i'm trying to think of some games that had really good graphics but i was like i don't really i'm not invested in this played, like demos or with other uh-huh. people played certain call of duty games and i've always been like well yeah objectively it's it's good uh-huh. but it i looks good i'm not that's kind of not interested it's not pulling me in in the way that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how uh, Call of Duty Ghosts was. It was really big. It came. It looked really pretty. I mean, with an annual game, it's like it's hard to really distinguish yeah. year after year how how much different they're going to look. Mm-hmm. But still, I remember that with Ghosts. Everyone was like, "It looks good," but mm, nothing really. Yeah. There. That's how I felt about Halo 5's campaign. I know I've talked about that before. It's beautiful. It's the best looking Halo oh, that's yeah. ever been released. But I wasn't like I would go and play Halo One a thousand times over before I played Halo Five right. campaign again. And so another point that's interesting <laughs> that's about me. that is that. <laughs> That's a mean no, statement. It's, not. <laughs> it's, it's true. But it's true. If it's the Halo truth, one's then. great. It's the truth. Man, Fender. Oh, you're, you're itchy. Why are you scratching so much? <laughs> you gotta get but, Fender. Uh, like. I know. But uh but like it's interesting too that like the these big AAA things, it's such a big thing where we've now hit this plateau of you're either ultra realistic or in the or or like an eight bit. That you know, there was a lot of backlash from uh, towards directed towards Bethesda when Fallout Four came out because people were like, "Why oh, doesn't this look just as good I as The Witcher?" That's really that. interesting. Yeah. You bring that up. That's actually something we should talk about. Yeah, you know, because, because people did. There was a huge backlash for that. But like, does it affect the story? People still loved it. The game sold ridiculous amounts. Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it was ever going to hurt sales, but I just was surprised how so many people were so vocal and outspoken about something that they knew if they'd played Fallout games before or any other Bethesda games before that was going to be such a small factor for the gameplay because right. i think now they're, they're it's almost fighting against the uh, a fighting against a, a uh the words escaping me but basically people expect now that if it's oh if it's going to be this huge massive game mm-hmm. it's got to look this right which isn't necessarily true right i agree it doesn't have to be true though i do what i do see why that has come up because most games that are being released that are massive like like witcher or grand theft auto they are gorgeous looking games mm-hmm. and and to be fair fallout doesn't look as good as those games they don't it you know it doesn't. it doesn't i mean it's yeah. it's a great looking game i think and by all, uh, many accounts but you're right like and part of that 
and this is a little bit different, I suppose, a little different, like, aspect of the game. Part of it is, it's maybe, it's not supposed to. I mean, it's a blown up world. Yeah, I mean, at what point do you draw the line? Do you want to be able to have all of these options for quests and side quests and all these different things? Which, granted, you know, that's going to take a lot of memory and things like that and all that to have. Or do you want to have, like, a super realistic world? Now, granted, you Yeah, know, to be fair, Skyrim had both, for example. Skyrim right. is a gorgeous game. The Witcher 3 The Witcher, you know, both. you can do both. So, it's... And I, I don't know, it's just... But would ultra-realism have fit with what Fallout had established? And I say no. Because Fallout has always kind of had this... It's definitely car- bleak and... Slightly cartooned feel to it. Yeah. You know... Um, and so, no, I think again, it would have ruined the feel of the game. I think just as many people would have complained. I mean, it's, it's with a lot of things with the games. It's a, it's, there's going to be people on this side who say it's, it, it's ruined because of it. There are people on this side who say it's great. And then if the situation were flipped, it'd be the exact same way. The people who were like, Oh, great. It looks real. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And the people who are like, this doesn't match what fallout is. Right. Yeah. You, you it's, know. it's tough to win. And I'm sure Bethesda doesn't care too much <laughs> right you know probably I mean, like we made what we meant to make exactly right. and there were right. other issues with that game but still that that is a big thing recently and like one of the bigger debates that i've cut that i've heard of recently where people just like the game doesn't look pretty enough mm-hmm. and is you know and really, that's a very shallow say, thing to say yeah, what does that yeah. say about the modern consumer yeah doesn't say good things no, no. it doesn't <laughs> it's <laughs> got to be pretty or nothing should, exactly right yeah i don't i don't like that idea either and obviously not everyone that is a gamer is a gamer to our extent, and we're not ga- we're not gamers to other people's extent. You know, yeah. that's <laughs> but I do people out there who are probably way more in uh, gamer mm-hmm. than we they're are. They're probably, probably listening, so. going, "These people, yeah. they don't even know." <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. These yeah. chumps are just posers. <laughs> just bought some some three people just bought themselves some microphones. And now they're on top of the world. Come on now. But I would love to know, like the the average consumer for games, their thoughts on. A game like Fallout, if they you're showing them screenshots, or you know, I think yeah. this is very apt. But the division, when the division first was being presented at E3, almost maybe two years ago now, I want to say maybe just a year ago, it uh, I don't know what you call it. People on the internet have a uh, term for it, I think, but it's like when they showed it, the graphics were, it was almost like it was like a a, a cutscene. Oh, a it, tech demo. A tech demo, maybe that's what maybe? I'm thinking of. It was yeah. basically the game looked amazing, and when I first saw the first trailer for it, I was really blown away by how good it looked. And now the game that it's coming out, it has it does not look like that. You know, and, it's interesting. Zelda wound up in the same situation. They did a tech demo before they released the GameCube, and then the tech demo was meant to be like this step up from Ocarina of Time, and that it was more realistic. It was more, um, I mean, not realistic, but it was basically the progression artistically from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And then the game that actually came out was Wind Waker, a huge artistic oh, yeah, departure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. And that came back to bite Wind Waker because the people who had seen the tech demo they got looked at Wind Waker and else. went, what the hell happened? Right, right. That's exactly what happened. Like people felt blindsided mm-hmm. when in fact it was just a demo. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to j- jump into the Zelda Pool oh here for a little bit. We need like a piece of music to come in. Like <laughs> when you open a chest, this brings up a question for me in that okay, so you have played a lot of Zelda games. And for I mean, I'm not Jared's sure gonna say Zelda graphics suck. <laughs> no, 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 that's not punching in the face, punch the microphone. That's not the question. That's not the question. The question that I have is the Zelda games, by and large, with each installment or every couple of installments, their artistic 
look has changed. Yeah. Because there's okay, so there's Wind Waker, which is very cartoonish, right? But what's that um, actually called? It's um, cell shaded, shell shaded, cell shaded, shell shaded on the seashore. She good, bought good seashells. <laughs> and then, but there's also what's the one that um, is like you you can go in, you can like uh, go link flat between worlds. Yes, yeah, that's a good where one. you can like go flat onto an object and like work, go into the background. I could be butchering it. No, 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 that's correct. That's yeah. correct. Okay. I mean, essentially, what's happening is you are actually becoming art on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So it's a so good tie-in, right? The, nice. the Zelda well games have had all the, and then obviously there's the uh, you know, well, there's the original Legend of Zelda, which was you Ugh. know the eight-bit, yeah, like old, top, old, over the bad. top, yeah, over it's the top bad. game like that, a top-down view game for that. Then there's Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and things like that, which are more in line with what it, the the typical N64 game graphic graphics looked like you know early 3d modeling right. and stuff like that but then yeah but then it jumps to things like wind waker it jumps to things like a link between worlds um and then twilight princess which is probably its most realistic installment it, probably, it is right you, you could know? definitely i mean skyward sword is similar mm-hmm. but a lot of people gave skyward sword a lot of flack artistically because really? they felt like again they were expecting another twilight princess mm-hmm. and when people didn't get that they were really bummed well i, I think it's like, really no. interesting that the, the these the, they make different Ver- I do these, too. They I go like into different styles, surprised. so that's what I'm saying. So that's my question. Yeah. As a fan and a you know a lifelong fan of this series, does that have an impact on you? Do you open? Do you start the new game like when you got Wind Waker and where you're like, man, I really wish this looked like the last inst- the last Zelda game, God, no. or were you like, this is cool? Like I like that they took this. No, on. Like, I'm, I'm asking. I very much embrace fan. the next yeah. thing. Like whatever Nintendo has you decided, I look at them and go, I believe you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that you know what's best for me. Mm-hmm. I am definitely on board with this. Now, I definitely have had more complaints in terms of gameplay, but in terms of artistic complaints, I I don't have any. Yeah. Because every game has been so unique in its own way that I've really embraced it. It's just a different, it's just the next thing. It's just the next installment. And in a way of being uh, basically with a franchise for your entire life and practically the game's entire life. In fact, it's older than me. Legend of Zelda is older than I am. So it's always been there and I don't expect to have my needs met. I'm not the one making the game. Right. <laughs> if only everyone could think like I know, you, Logan. I, <laughs> if only the whole gaming community had those similar like, thoughts. What are they going to like? Because the thing how is. Dare how, how dare I put myself first? How dare I put myself first? I just always expect that they want, especially in a franchi- franchise like The Legend of Zelda, if it's remained the same graphically, it would be too much. Like a big part of the next installment is the next artistic direction mm-hmm, because right. the gameplay is virtually always the same. You're, you're it's right. It's always the Th- same. This... So the next thing visually is like, that's what I'm waiting for. That's that's a big hook for the game. It you is. You know, that's the yeah. reason. That's when really what's changing When I first saw like the first ways. trailers for Skyward Sword, which by the way, I do love the artistry of Skyward Sword. Yeah, it looks it's yeah, one it's of, really nice. Yeah, they uh, meant to model it after like a watercolor painting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people hated that it wasn't quite quite um they didn't feel like it was sharp enough and i was mm-hmm. thinking well have you ever seen a watercolor painting right, yeah. they're not sharp like what's wrong with you so <laughs> lots of things probably but um so in that way i was thinking oh this is a really good imagining of a watercolor painting that you can play through and i think a lot of other games have done similar things have you seen oh where you're like a blind girl and you're trying to make your way through the world and like the world kind of lights up based on sounds and things that you can touch around oh, you. And it sounds almost, so familiar, but it I cannot It almost it. sounds like, like that game you were talking about, the Goose Game. Oh, I was going to talk, talk about that. What's oh, the Swan? 
I was going to talk about it's that game. Goose game. I was going to talk about that one in a second. Yeah. No, yeah. So it, it was actually, uh, I would say that it's along those same lines artistically, but in that same sense, like I like for those imaginings to be made into the game. I like for the source material of the game to be more based on art mm-hmm. and less based on life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I genuinely don't have complaints of that type for The Legend of Zelda. I'm, I probably do about other games, and but not, not and my favorite. Like you couldn't do that with Halo. Oh, can you imagine watercolor Halo? No, you I couldn't. No, game. you could. I'm just I, for some reason Halo Wars popped in my head. For some of the other like install Halo installments, which are different looking, but you're right. But, Halo, that, but see that one though, Halo Wars though is a is a different, like it's a different genre mm-hmm. of a game. It is, and it's you're right. Real time strategy as opposed to first person. Shooter. Right, you're right. You couldn't really do that with Halo. I think it would lose its impact. Halo, the artistic direction that Halo took, which is. Uh, it's a little realistic. It's very realistic, but also very obviously science fictiony. But like fantasy, very fantasy and mytho- You know, um, mythology. What, what am I trying to say? Mythological. Yeah, and mythological. Mythological. <laughs> mythological. There's a lot of mythology. Mythological in Halo. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that for your car. <laughs> um, but you're right. I don't think Halo or games like that. You know, you couldn't really right. change the artistic direction. Obviously, I mean, I don't granted, think that's they a... upgrade it to fit to match what the current available technology mm-hmm. allows for, and like the clarity and the cl- in the in the in the uh, yeah, the clarity of the graphics and everything. Mm-hmm. But no, you couldn't have like come out with Halo Combat Evolved and then Halo Two look like no, you can't. Uh, no, art. obviously, you can't do that. But what I what, what's so remarkable about Zelda, and what I and that's one of my favorite things about the series, is their ability to. Do that and to make the decision to do that. I think yeah. it takes a lot of like, fuck it. Like, let's just make this one look like this and yeah. who I cares? Mean, you know, it's beautiful it, and we're and we're taking yeah. in a lot of different impressions from other right. artistic crafts, which I love about yeah. that. And like going back to when I was talking about Limbo, I, I obviously love uber realistic games, but I am really attracted to games that are like pieces of art, more standard like paintings or yeah. they, you can tell they're they're going for one direct visual style that's a departure from realism right. you know they're more impressionistic yeah and so to go to the one that you just mentioned the you know the, the goose, goose game. game the goose no. game who are they call them from now on so so and it kind of relates back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago with how you know triple a games have reached this ultra realistic state but now in that so now that leaves a whole lot of room for indie games to kind of come up and and reinvent and re Which is a beautiful counter punch to it AAA. It's a, it's a great void. opportunity for yeah. them. Yeah. Because when it first when it first came around, I will openly admit that when I first started seeing this resurgence, I was like, why? That you art know, style's like maybe old. Like gimmicky. Like right. it's it's like why? We've we've done that. But then mm-hmm. as I've played them, again, like the last episode, I talked about three of them that were mm-hmm. all that way. Mm-hmm. Um but then and but it's allowed me to really go back and really look into what is these games and a lot of independent games is the art is what mm-hmm. makes them so it mm-hmm. was makes them so outstanding so case in point with the unfinished swan granted i've only played a little bit of it but it's the whole we weren't even close the unfinished goose you <laughs> mean that's the that's the, the ugly duck that's that's the prequel that got the slashed the that never that goose. made it to light <laughs> but uh um so well, well, I lost we'll, my. Well, have we talked about? Now. Well, have we talked about that game on the podcast? Because no, you we showed, oh, we have. Because it. I saw videos. I don't know if you showed them here or whenever I watched. I told them. you guys about it, and then I think we looked at a little bit on my video, it's, but like for the most part, it's but amazing. Basically, it's you're this kid who uh, his mom used to draw and would make all these drawings, but she would she had so many ideas and all these things she would never finish them, and so she sadly she eventually she dies for some. Uh, 
in some way. You don't know why. And and the the boy Monroe is put into an orphanage and he takes his favorite painting, which is of a swan. And one day it's gone from the picture frame. Like the painting, the paper is still there. The canvas is still there, but the goose itself is gone. And so he like grabs his paintbrush and goes after and like goes into the, the frame and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And so you, you, and when it starts, you're just met with the screen is white. And I was very confused as to what was happening. And then, um, and what a good transition, right? Yeah. To, to be met with just a white screen, mm-hmm. a white screen, I feel like endless that's possibility. Very, I know that's the very imagination. Yeah. And then you realize that, Oh, if you hit like a, a button, like I think it's, uh, it's the, you know, for the, on the Vita, it's the R it's the right bumper and a, a black blotch of paint throws out and hits a wall. And then you're like, Oh, and it makes a, and so as you discover, at first I thought I was supposed to paint the whole screen. So I'm like throwing <laughs> just all these blotches all over to try to make the screen black completely. But it's then I, re- but then I turn and then, and throw a splotch and I realize that it hits an object and paints that object, but then continues to splatter in the background. And basically you just go around throwing these blotches of black paint and it paints mm. your, your, environment mm-hmm. and that's what that must be very like allows you way. to yeah, seriously that's what allows you to to know how you're supposed to navigate through the levels right. by slowly uncovering this world that uh, until you throw the black paint on it it just looks white mm-hmm. and that's that's a game that really is just is a painting yeah it's a painting it that you're really is. playing through and then and so like and now that studio is is moving on to bigger things because of that and i want to say that a uh somebody uh left Naughty Dog, I want to say, to go work with that oh, really? with the studio. Nice, rebellion. Because like after it. it was, it was in that period of kind of like of, of tumult at Naughty Dog, and in between the Last of Us, after the Last of Us was la- launched, and then when they were really started kicking into high gear, Uncharted Four, and like a lot of big people at Naughty Dog, there were a lot of people who left and did this other thing, and he, I think he was one of them, and he went to this studio. So you know, it's like you make a really great game like this, and you're going to attract like the big absolutely. You know, well. It's like when you know we're in the film world. It's like people that work on no budget music videos or no budget independent films. They often, in my eyes, if done correctly, they are even more. They're so much more creative than bigger like budget films. The limitations films. actually make them have to be exactly. have to think more outside How did, the box, right? And they, I think the video game developers, I'm sure, are in that same scenario, and they're like, you know, how we don't yeah. have a lot of money, we don't have a lot of resources to make we're this game look three quote people. Unquote, what are we going to do? Good. How can we? What can we use? How can we let's let's do an eight bit game, but let's let's really use a lot of colors here. Let's make it like you know. I think thinking back, what we talked about the the sword and sorcery, the yeah, game, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful looking game. That's an eight bit game. And then and going again to a, another independent studio that is creating something really unique and different is uh, Supergiant Games. And I played one of their games, which I saw my roommate at the time. He was playing it, and I was like, "What is this game?" And he's like, "Oh, it's." It's called Bastion, and I got it for like uh, it was on sale on Steam or something like that. And so, and I watched him play it, and I was like, "Oh, this looks awesome!" It looked like a really fun action kind of action game, but then it's also an independent game, and the whole all the artwork is watercolor. Mm. Like they literally watercolored it and like put it into the. That's what I love. Yeah, like that like right that. there. Like you've got me. Like, yeah, I definitely want to play. Like it now. Pull, pull it up and oh. just how I wish we could show images on this on this podcast so you could see but google image search all these games we're talking about but oh like God. bastion is so colorful and so just see. full of life oh and wow so just oh uh, it's beautiful oh man and i definitely recommend you you both play it I'm if you haven't it's That's so really fun. Cool. it's on it looks fun i want to play a game like this i haven't played games like this since like the xbox live arcade had go some games tonight <laughs> tonight and set up 
a Steam account. It Seriously? is free. Oh, God. Don't tell me what to do. You <laughs> tell me to do it, I won't do it. <laughs> you have to tell me not to do it. You oh. should not go get. I'll get the Steam. That'll show Steam. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That but works. Bastion stood oh, out in my gorgeous. head. Oh, that's really a, pretty. Ugh. Yeah. That's so cool. Bastion is great for it just in its artistic quality because it is that like it's an interesting take. It's you know, they it's watercolor painting is what they based the backgrounds and the art off of. I don't think it would be a hard argument to make that we are currently in the middle of a goal. I don't want to say, I don't know if this no, is do the, it. Say golden age, go, golden age yeah. of independent games and freedom of expression in video games. I think that so. I, think I don't so. think we've seen before. I think video games has been so dominated by people that. A can make them and have put together these large companies in order to like mass produce them and sell them out. And now these tools, I feel like they're getting dispersed for many, many other people that want to do this too. And that's why I think we're seeing games like this. For we're seeing these new artistic expressions, and it's easier video games. for and it's easier for these independent developers to get their games marketed and released. Many mm-hmm. of these of these uh, independent games I've received uh, as part of the PS Plus program and everything. Um, All right, because they'll be like the game of the month, right? Yeah, and you know, and I've and I've got a lot of them on Steam and stuff like that that I've played, and it's just it's easier now to get those to get some of these games out. And and I will say, yeah, that I agree with your point. I think we are because it's similar. It, it parallels. You brought up movies and stuff. It mm-hmm. parallels. It does. It's the same the, things. The resurgence of film. like independent film. Yeah. Which you know, you go see an independent movie and stuff like that, and those mo- more often than not. Are better than like are what the studios yeah. are releasing. Exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. The studio, the studio's like, ooh, let's have a lot of explosions. Oh, you know? of course. I'm it, so sick of freaking explosions. I want to yeah. make a movie Superhero with explosions. Can you care. get Michael Bay on the line? Right. I don't want an emotional explosion, which is a, little, oh. a physical one on the screen. <laughs> I like that. I that's want, what I want too, I Logan. I want to be sobbing <laughs> in the theater instead of just going right. through pretty lights. Right. Exactly. I fall asleep to that stuff. I fall asleep to like like space fights now. Sorry, I'm like hacking Star Wars. It's all right. That's my that's my soothing. <laughs> that's that's what puts me to sleep. But I think I think that same thing is being parallel in, in video games right now. To mm-hmm. your point, I think so. And so it's just it's an interesting thing of what. That's a good time to be I was an independent. About to say, God's that being graces that being continue. said, though, and this is another conversation which we shouldn't really get into. It's uh, like thinking about the indie gamer documentary. Yeah, it's not any easier for these people to no. a get their games oh, no, seen no, no, no. It's and still then hard. continue to make another one. Like it's almost impossible. Right. You know, that's the tough part. It's like to highlight these games. You no, know, it's hard to highlight these games. I mean, the, in, like every every source, every magazine. I don't think are. Everything's still geared towards the AAA games, yeah. obviously. Right. You know? It's 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 the still difficult. Man. It's, it's the tough. Man. It's tough. And I'll maybe maybe we will be able to put some spotlights on stuff one day. Well, and because on the same token, it's also like the uh, the increased uh, the increased availability of people to be able to release their games like that also means that there's going to be an, a lot of influx of games that aren't that good. That's true. You know, that's true. I've Not every a, indie game. I've read great. a lot <laughs> about that on Steam. That you know, Steam has that like uh, it is very easy apparently to submit your game to be sold on there, and they just get overloaded with a bunch of just shit games. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, and so it's you know, it's whatever. It's the good ones will shine through. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. a game is only one dollar and thirty cents, you can afford to make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You've got ten dollars and ten tries. At least one of them is probably not going to suck. Yeah. So it, it will be interesting to see where in you know the next in the next few years and everything where what direction art will take. I mean, I'm sure we'll all will as long as video games are an art form, they will you will continue to see a wide spectrum 
But, you know, to what we've brought up before, what will be next after this plateau of ultra realism? Granted, we're about to enter even into more ultra realism with with virtual VR. reality of this year, you know, which <sighs> we could jump into that. Me, like, but shivers. Yeah, that's. I only want it for survival horror games. Oh, can oh, you imagine? Could you, um, oh no, I, I don't want to imagine. I know. I would I'd just feel like, immediately get this thing off how, me. That's how you would find me in yeah, my apartment that'd dead. Be terrifying. Just, Lower you in your grave with the goggles on. Put me. <laughs> it's what she would have wanted. <laughs> but yeah. I'll put it in my will. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so who, who knows what the direction will take? But I mean, one thing you cannot use that will always continue is there will always be beautiful video games. Yes, and especially from here on out, you know, definitely, it's only gonna. And I remember, and this is a little anecdote. When I was playing one of the burnouts, um, I was younger, and I was playing. I was probably like, man, two racing games this year. I know, I know. I I, we'll get into racing games one episode. We'll talk about some great racing games. But I was playing burnout, and my friend's uncle is was a video game designer, and he came up to the room, and we he was looking at burnout with us. He's like, oh, I heard about this game, Um, great looking game, and we're like, yeah, like. It's not going to get, graphics aren't going to get any better than this. We're talking to him about him. And he's like, A, they will. <laughs> Technology is approved, you, you stupid idiots. children. I was like 15. I was like, oh, that's the best. <laughs> and B, he was like, they're not, you're, you're talking about graphics. You shouldn't be thinking about graphics getting better. It's the, the physics, they're going to get better. It's the amount of polygons that are going to be able to put into stuff that's going to get more and more massive. You right. know, it's like, think about that stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, he's, he's right. It's, it's like the way the cars crumble into a wall in burnout right. back then obviously looked good, but now you can do so much I mean, more really little, things. little things. That's what he was talking about. These details are going to get bigger and bigger. Like, you know, they're, they're going to get more and more oriented towards what's happening in the, the small like world. Yeah. Well, think about it. It's like, the the car crashes of what probably burnout were in, in that day. Think about now, like the car crashes in Grand Theft Auto sure, Five are sure. like just as good bumpers probably. falling off. Right, the mm-hmm. hood flies off the car, and that's and not even like, a racing simulator. No, you know exactly. It's, it's, it, it just know. shows where the technology has gotten to. Right, and so I like that idea a lot. That wow, I wonder what people can do. And and with how many times we're going to mention No Man's Sky, but like <laughs> but like what you can do, not necessarily graphically, but just. The limits the of the limit, game. Yeah. What if there what, weren't any? Right. Yeah. And that's what kind of what's happening. I know. What a great time to be like talking about games. 2016 is going to be an excellent year. It's going to be very interesting. Because it does have the onset of VR. Like we will have VR headsets mm-hmm. by the end of this year. Probably. Um, and, and yeah, and there's just an impressive lineup of some very good looking games coming out. Yeah. So who knows? I guess we'll, we'll see. see, and we'll we be, we'll we'll be here for the whole ride. <laughs> we right. will. We will keep you informed with our thoughts and opinions. Yeah. But of course, as with every topic that we have, we would love to hear what you think about it, and just you know to share what some of your more uh, beautiful, blah, some of the games that you the, think are the most so beautiful, beautiful games. <laughs> so the most be- so beautiful, beautiful games. games. <laughs> but you know, so send us again an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and send us a tweet there, just letting us know, you know, A, what do you think is it, what is what makes a beautiful game to you? And, you know, what are some of your favorite beautiful games out there? Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> what makes a beautiful game to you? I also want to hear the flip side. Which ones do you think were butt ugly? Yeah. Do you disagree with some of these yeah. ones that we were like? <laughs> I know there's some we're missing some good indie games that yeah. are like like I never played was it Fez? I've never played Fez, but that's a cool looking game. Fez is really cool because it, it yeah, I haven't played it either, but I've seen a lot of the gameplay video and from watching that documentary. Mm-hmm. It's right. like it's it's very eight bit, yeah. but it's it's interesting how like but the world utilizes yeah, and, like, like it uses three D space right, really well. Right. Um but yeah. 
so yeah, let us know. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have a, a further discussion on one of those for, one of those yeah. two forums. I could see us. We, this could be just volume one of this. I could see us. Oh, again, into, so many of these topics could be just volume uh, one of what <laughs> we've done. Yes, we can, yes. can always come Indeed. back to these later, right? But, but as more games come out this year, I'll be very curious to see how we approach this subject again because I do think it's ever evolving. Like definitely. in this moment, like definitely, new things are going to be coming out this year that are going to blow us away. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Peace out. And Zachary Parks. Good night. Because you're listening to this at night. (laughs) We recorded it at night, so, you know, it works. It works. (laughs) See everybody next time.